love the Raiders. Most of all, I love to win. You're now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, and Ted Wynn on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Wynn here to talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. Right, Officially, so. the Las Vegas Raiders uh, as uh, our first time talking about the Vegas Raiders. It is. It's very exciting. No income tax Raiders. Does that mean we don't get have to pay income tax now? <laughs> I think you have, like a fake address. That's like you know temporarily get Las Vegas address. All right, let's chip in for one. We we'll get one apartment that will all will yeah. all be our address. Yeah. That'll it'll be like our we'll call that our studio in in Vegas or whatever and. Uh, Record some podcasts out of it, and, uh, and that, that, that's where we live, and that's where we get no uh, no income tax. Right. We, we got to edit this part out, though. The IRS is listening. Yeah. Dang yeah. it. Damn. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, we haven't talked since really uh, the last week of the season, and uh, since the playoffs, and you know the the Raiders had to watch probably a, a, a Super Bowl that wasn't their favorite. Uh, certainly, the, uh, the the Chiefs and the 49ers was not the matchup Raider fans would like to watch. Um, the Chiefs winning, which I don't know. I guess if you're a Bay Area Raider fan, that's probably a little more palatable to see the Chiefs win than to kind of be surrounded at work by a bunch of celebrating 49er fans. So um, I guess that that might be slightly more palatable for a Raider fan, but uh, still not not an easy day watching uh, your rival uh, hoist a trophy. Nah, if you're a Raider fan, you probably enjoyed the Shakira and J Lo show, and that was pretty <laughs> much had some, had some nachos and some chips and some beer and had a good time. But yeah, the game—I mean, the game itself was pretty entertaining. Yeah. If you if you were going in with a, a jaded point of view and you weren't really going to try not to enjoy it, but yeah, it was a lot of high drama. I think you saw Patrick Mahomes kind of uh, establish himself as the number one. I mean, yeah, well, probably what he was, but number one guy in this league. Definitely, the, you know, you heard talking early on about Deshaun Watson being the next Michael Jordan and Lamar Jackson wins MVP, but really. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the Michael Jordan of this league right now. He could have had you know, two rings if the things were going right previous year. So I think it's his league and everyone else is trying to play catch-up. Yeah, I mean, as a Raider fan, I, I don't think, you know, watching the Chiefs win in that fashion is, is good at all because Mahomes is only in his third year, second year starting, and, he you know, he already has MVP. He's a Super Bowl MVP champion. So that's what you're going to have to deal with for the next 10, I don't know, 15 years. And, you know, and even if their defense is bad, He's shown that he could carry a team, so it's like it's really going to be hard to beat Mahomes consistently. Yeah. The, the one thing, if at least if you were a Raider fan, you can laugh at the Chiefs for their uh, a couple of the instances from the uh, the parade. You see the guy with his ass hanging out, falling out of the tree, I and then that, and then Mahomes was throwing some some routes, uh, throwing throwing some balls out to the stands, and one guy was running a route and, and slammed into uh, I think a parking meter. <laughs> so you could at least uh, you got some some good gifts out there to, right. to, to make fun of Chiefs fans, but yeah, I mean. Getting back to Mahomes, you look at the guy. I mean, I, I agree with Vic. I think he probably should be a two-time Super Bowl champion. Take away that D Ford offside call, which they keep mentioning. I love how Travis Kelsey brought it up in the parade, and the people keep talking about. D, I mean, they blame D Ford. Yeah, that's, it's kind of a revenge factor. It, 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 it's it's kind of harsh, but I, I mean, mean they, they traded him away right after. Yeah, <laughs> not, not letting it go. Not giving the benefit of the doubt. He, he apologized. He feels bad. They don't care. They're going to keep uh, rubbing it in his face, which is kind of rough. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're really obviously um, that core of Mahomes and Kelsey and. Uh, Tyree and the coaching Hill. staff. Coaching staff is mm-hmm. great. I mean, Damian Williams is a, he's a fine running back, but really not a not a grade one kind of guy. Just kind of they kind of make do, but uh, just uh, they're really impressive. And I just think, like, like Ted said, it's going to be a long, tough challenge for uh, people in the AFC West to catch up. I mean, I don't know how long Andy Reid's been at it for a long time. I don't know how much longer he's he's going to keep coaching. But oh, when, as when as you long, have, as long as when, Mahomes exactly, is going, <laughs> I mean, when, exactly. That's what I was going to say. When you have a guy like Mahomes and, and the talent they have around him, I mean, you look at this as a potential. 
Belichick Brady situation where you you might have 10 15 years where you're largely competing for a wild card spot just how good those guys have the potential to be yeah I mean I think Mahomes is kind of like a rich man's Brett Favre I just think I mean he just and he's only going to get better I mean you, you look at it with experience and with you know getting wiser it only it only get better so it's uh I don't want to scare Raider fans totally off. <laughs> jump off a cliff. Just but, join uh, us again in 15 years. We'll yeah, talk exactly. about the, the Raiders. Like, uh, you might have shot in 15. 20, 20, Super Bowl champs. They got it. But the main Niners came close. I mean, they had a blueprint. I mean, the defense played well for the for, for the most part. They blew some chances. I think they got too conservative at times. But definitely, they were close. They almost won. So there's definitely a formula where you can beat the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I mean, if you, you want to take some hope from it, uh, you could see that the Niners were able to turn this thing around after you know a few years of rebuilding and then all of a sudden they, they get the quarterback back and all of a sudden they're they're in the Super Bowl so you know hopefully the Raiders could follow that blueprint they have some good rookies and you know we'll see what happens with the quarterback situation and maybe they'll be in contention next year and we'll see what happens in free agency I know one guy that Raider fans had kind of identified as a target a Vic you had identified as a target was Chris Jones uh defensive tackle for the Chiefs and then you see what he does in the Super Bowl and it, it makes you want him more but it might make him harder to harder to attain. I, I mean, I don't know how, how the Chiefs can let him go. Uh, I don't know what his price tag is going to be, you know, franchise tag possibility there. But you see him there in the middle of that defense, knocking down passes in, in key situations in the Super Bowl. And, and you can see why a lot of teams would love to have him on their defensive line. Yeah, he's just a dominant, dominant force in that game. Just kind of you know, asserted his will. And like you said, I don't know if you can let... Super Bowl, not MVP, but definitely one of the key guys in that game, let him, let him walk. I mean, I know they wanted to pay him anyway, but at this point he got a franchise tag. I just don't know how you let him go because I think he's such a key part of, of that team and how they, they won that game. So I think if you're the Raiders, you, two weeks ago, I'm sure your dream scenario was, you know what, they might let him go. They got to pay Mahomes. We'll give him a blank check. It'll be like Rodney Hudson times two, like a guy – Take a guy away from our, yeah. our from our rival, plug him in. He's an instant impact guy. He's worth whatever money it will take to pay him. They have money, but now I just don't know. I don't know how the Chiefs let him go. I just don't think that's even uh, can be a thought for them right now. Yeah, I mean he, he was so dominant in that game, and you know that fourth quarter when they had that second and five, George Kittle was open, and Jones knocked that pass down. If if Kittle got that pass, he would have been an open field one on one with Daniel Sorensen, and who knows what would happen if he got that and. Jones knocked that pass down. So, I mean, you know, he's, he's so good, but what kind of contract he's going to demand, and then, you know, you got to pay Patrick Mahomes. But like you mentioned before the pod, they might be able to wait a year. But, I mean, is Jones going to demand, like, a Khalil Mack type of contract after, you know, a year like that? Put it on so. the tape. Put would, on the tape. I would think so. <laughs> you, got, you got some leverage. I mentioned, I mentioned that play where he knocked the ball down with, with the Kittle, but everyone's, you know, ripping Shanahan for his play calling. But I'm sure Kyle didn't draw up. Chris Jones batting that pass yeah. away. didn't draw up. Jimmy G throwing, overthrowing a guy, you know, Sanders five yards too deep in that one. Those are good calls. Yep. I mean, they both should have worked. So I just think it's always tough when you judge play calling after the fact because you can't really say what was going to happen and which guys are going to step up and, and make a play. But, uh, I mean, Kyle's going to have a long offseason of everyone, you know, we're bringing up his past and just to, you know, just it's rough for him. But uh, I just think, again, Chris Jones was just a dominant guy, I think. If you're the Chiefs, you really, like you mentioned, Mahomes is their key guy. I think you're the other side of the field, Chris Jones is a guy. You can look, you know what, we'll have him and make everything else work around him. We'll, we'll be fine on defense. Those pass and bat downs have to be, as an offensive play caller, as a quarterback, have to be about the most frustrating thing because the reason he's able to make that play is because you're actually blocking him pretty well. You know, you're, you're not letting him penetrate, and he's kind of stuck there at the line of scrimmage. And then that, like, 
two, three seconds of good work of, of kind of stonewalling him at the line of scrimmage is just all for naught when he's able to just get his hand up there and, and knock it away. That's That's got to be, Ted, right, one of the most frustrating plays if you're a, a quarterback and play caller? Yeah, because you can't, you can't account for it. You know, like you, you have him blocked, you have a guy on him, and he he's a little too far back and he's able to get his hands up, so it's extremely frustrating. All right, well, let's spin this back more toward uh, the Raiders. I, I don't think uh, our, our listeners want to hear too much more about how great the Chiefs are. Um, recent Raider news, uh, the Raiders uh, are bringing back Tyrell Williams, which, you know, I think most of the chatter about him had been positive. We want to see what he can do next year when healthy. But, you know, when you consider $11 million that they could have got away from, um, there, there had to be some possibility, some consideration that they wouldn't. Uh, I don't know if they, you know, you've you've talked about they like Robbie Anderson. I don't know outside of that if, if they really saw any other huge options to give that money to. So run it back with him, see if you can get him back healthy again, and uh, and then give it a shot again. Yeah, he had a good start last year, definitely before he got hurt. And he, I think he, um, John Gruden mentioned how much he appreciated the effort for you know, playing hurt and going through. He had the, the bad uh, plantar fasciitis in both feet. He was keeping his feet up and soaking them every night. So I think he went through some you know, trials and tribulations to stay on the field. But then again, $11 million is a lot of money for a guy who I don't think anyone's still sure he's number one guy. I think he's still looked at as number two A guy probably. So we mentioned Robbie Anderson. I know they do like him a lot. So my question now is, do you kind of still go after him? And kind of like last year in terms of the structure, they had A.B. for a big contract, Tyrell Williams for a big contract. Try that again with Robbie Anderson and Tyrell Williams. Or do you just attack the draft and get one there? So I think it's an interesting question. I think um, – but again, I think Tyrell Williams has definitely shown enough where I could see you give him another chance. You're not tied to him long term. It's just one more year. Kind of see what he does. So I was uh, not. I was a little tiny bit surprised, but def- I, I get it. I, I see why they brought him back. Yeah, I think it's hard to judge him based on last year because that, that foot injury is so tough to run with, and he just looked noticeably slower. And, and he's a receiver that you know depends on his speed and his ability to get away away from guys. He's He's not a great route runner, so he, he needs that speed. So uh, I, I think with Gruden, they're always going to invest heavily in a wide receiver group. So, uh, you know, I, I can see why they brought him back. And I, I think he'll, he is a number two guy. I don't see him as number one. I think he can be a number one. Not even a 2A? You're on 2? Two? 2A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, like man. That. Give, give, him a two, <laughs> give him a 2A. Yeah. I, I mean, and I guess one unknown uncertainty about it is he would have had to pass a physical, right, to yeah. be a, to order to be cut. And considering the foot injury, I don't know what kind of treatment he had off-season on it. I, I mean, it's not a, a guarantee that he could have passed a physical to even allow them to cut him. I mean, so that, that $11 million might have been guaranteed pretty much either way if, right. if he couldn't have passed the physical to uh, to in order to cut him. So If you are him or his agent, it might be in your favor to walk away because you mentioned not a great market for receivers. He'd probably get a longer and more money in a deal if he's back on the market. So I would not I would guess he wouldn't have done that, but I, I don't know for sure. I'm not in, you know, in his camp, but... Uh, I just think, you know, he liked it here, and they like him. I uh, see so hopefully it gets better with his feet being being better. And there were some drops. That was another issue we haven't talked about. There were some key drops last year, which he can't really tie to his feet. Maybe you can. Maybe, I don't know, if you're thinking. His maybe. foot hurt exactly when the ball got there. That's po- it's, po- <laughs> it's possible. Maybe you're overcompensating. But, uh, I mean, people always, you know, blame Derek Carr for a lot of the losses last year. But, really, I mean, Tyrell's drops really kind of cost him two games pretty much last year. So, you know, you can always go back and finger point. But, Whatever, he's back. I think um, there's upside there, so you focus on, on, on the positive. You know, the tricky thing going forward is you talk about, do they still go after Anderson? Do they just wait for the draft? Is, is Obviously, free agency occurs, you know, earlier, and then you've got the draft that comes after. And so it's, you know, you don't know exactly what's going to be there for you in the draft, but you do have 12 and 19. You know at, at least 12, 
there's going to be a receiver that you probably really like. I mean, to me, that would be the smarter play is, is it's a deep receiver draft. I mean, I I think they need to get a, another a young, dynamic guy that's going to be cost-controlled for a few years and have the, you know, you have the fifth-year option out there you can use. And to me, that, rather than bringing in another free agent set, another free agent that you're paying you know $10 million to, I don't know how much Anderson would require, but I think that's probably the smarter play is I think you need some to get some some real youth in there and um, you need a guy that we'll get to the quarterback position later but you need a guy that if you're going to do something at the quarterback position that can can kind of be somebody that can build with your your quarterback um you need a burner you need a burner you know Tyreek Hill shows you the the model of of and when you have a guy like that on the field he just creates so many problems I agree and that guy Ruggs is like kind of like I mean I don't want to compare him to Tyreek Hill but he's kind of a Tyreek Hill kind of guy type in terms of the speed and explosiveness so I think they are blessed. It is a really deep draft receiver. It's probably the best class in uh, 20 years. Probably might be seven guys going to first round. So I think you can, like you said, get a guy at 12, or you can wait till 19, or you could even trade back from 19 and get a guy later in the first round. I know Mayak mentioned the history of receivers in the first round is not great. That's true, it's not. But again, like this is a, a unique class. There are guys, I think five, five, five guys probably come in, be a day one impact guy, which is what they need. They need a guy who can come in, stretch the field, take some pressure off of Derek and off you know, Tyrell Williams. And Darren Waller, Darren Waller got double teamed a lot last year yep. towards the end. So that would be, for me, the biggest need on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, but it'd be very tempting uh, not uh, to take Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb if they're available at 12 because those, you know, this is a deep receiver class, but those guys are the, the two two to top prospects at wide receivers I've seen in a long time. So which, which one's better? I, I like C.D. CD a little better, but you can't go wrong with either of those two guys. All right. All right, other bit of Raider news recently. Uh, Jalen Richard gets a, a two-year extension. Uh, you know, Cool story there from a guy that you know he I know he pointed out uh, tweeted the other day that I mean he you know he he flew in back in 2016 they had the Raiders had bought him a round trip ticket from New Orleans to Oakland and he he flew in for that tryout uh, came in I think on a Friday and he had a, a Sunday night flight home that uh, he still keeps the uh, the screenshot of the of the ticket on his phone. Um, never used that ticket because uh, it was uh, he, he was signed. Uh, they they kind of I remember him telling me about this where, kind of walking off the field, you know, Del Rio kind of gave him a little uh, a little look, and then uh, later on he you know he gets the news and goes and calls his dad. And um, now four years later, he's getting a, a two year extension. He's uh, he stuck around, and he's a guy that I think you know you've seen a lot of good moments from him, and uh, kind of cool that he'll get two more years uh, with the Raiders. Gets to go to Vegas with him. Yeah, for me, one of the best plays of last season was an over-the-shoulder catch he made from that ball Derek threw. I think he definitely can catch the ball. He was a, a fourth-quarter weapon a couple of those games. I mean, probably not a, a starting running back. And no. yeah, I think he'd probably argue with me for, for saying that, but he's probably not. I think he's definitely a good depth. I think, uh, I'm not sure if he's the number two guy or number three guy with the Raiders. I think they'll probably bring somebody else in. I'm not sure about DeAndre Washington. I think that... Um, Ideally, maybe they wanted to bring both guys in, but it's probably not realistic. I think financially or in terms of you know, schematically, I think you kind of just choose one. And yeah. To me, they've kind of chosen Jalen, but we'll see. I mean, I'm not ruling anything out, but I think he's a good piece. I think uh, Gruden likes him a lot. He's compared with Charlie Garner in the past, and he's a guy you can rely on. So I think it was a, it was a nice re-signing, but I think they'll definitely have to add somebody else there in, in that running back room. 
Yeah, I think he's one of the better third down backs in the NFL with his route running and ability to catch. I mean, you know, remember that Chargers game at home? He he was one of the big reasons why they won that game with his uh, receiving ability. But I agree. I think they do want to add a bigger back that yeah. could carry the ball and take the load off of Josh Jacobs. But as far as Rashard, you know, I'm happy for him. He got extension and he's uh, he's valuable in his role. Yeah, the, the Raiders worked out every big back <laughs> that, that there is, and they they couldn't find anything they liked. Actually, they brought in Rod Smith and never gave him the ball. Did they yeah. give, I think he may have got one carry, which that's just that was, that was weird. But whatever. I, mean, I think they definitely want to bring somebody else in. You I know, know, I know one thing that that fans have kind of like gone crazy about is what fans going crazy. Yeah, wow. it is with it's with Richard. You know, all this talk when they drafted Josh Jacobs with how good of a receiver he was, and the well, how come they're using Richard to do with the receiving? And I, I think we've discussed this previously, and I think it's part of it is, is workload, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna hand the ball off to Jacobs that much, you, you got to limit a little bit because you know when you are going out in route running and catching the ball, there's times where that's where you're having hits where you're not able to brace yourself as much. You know, you catch the ball, turn around, all of a sudden there's a guy on you, and uh, you, you got to manage his workload a little bit. And you can't have him carrying the ball, you know, 300 times a season and catching. 60 passes or whatever. Right. I would guess the plan for next year would be to give him more receptions and less carries. You bring somebody else in, a draft pick maybe, or a veteran yeah. guy who can take five to ten carries a game off of Josh's shoulders. and Because Gruden mentioned he wants to give him more of a role in receiving, which he should. I mean, he's yeah. got great hands, and they should be more explosive in that role. So I think uh, Josh has got a bright future. I think it'll be a little different than it was this year as far as his usage. But uh, like I said, they'll probably bring another running back in to help him out a little bit. Yeah, it'd be good to split them out wide and early downs and be a little more unpredictable with uh, your play calling. So, yeah, that'd be, that'd be good if you get somebody to take some carries. That way he could be a bigger part of the passing game. Speaking of Josh, uh, no rookie of the year for him. He did win the, the Pro Football Writers Association rookie of the year. Who cares about that one? If you try to claim that that one's not official, yeah. the PFWA will scold you and they, say, they, 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 there is no official award. Every one, of, every one of them is, is <laughs> equal. But, yeah. I mean, come on. You know, the, yeah. the AP awards are where the – the biggest attention goes. They have the it's NFL on, honors. It's on TV. Yeah, exactly. The PFWA is an email thing. I mean, don't know <laughs> tweet can, an email. email award to a TV award. I hey, man. He his bio will list him as the uh, the yeah. 2019 uh, rookie of the year. But now, um, Kyler Murray and, yeah. and I, I, you know, we were kind of gaining a sense late in the year that it might have slipped away. Just him not playing those last couple right. of games. Um, played, you know, the injury kind of getting to him. Which I mean. Was it worth throwing him out there and risking anything just so he could win the rookie of the year? Heck, no. I mean, he it, it to me, it, he should. It, it would have been nice for him to win it, but it really doesn't matter. I mean, he's he's what you wanted as a running back and the awards or whatever. But I, when we thought it might be slipping away, we were thinking AJ Brown right. uh, was having this monster close of the year, and then the the voting happened and the quarterback bias took over. Yeah, to me it's kind of crazy. I mean, Colin Murray, I thought was fine. I thought he was Good, my, yeah, my third cool. place guy. But in terms of impact, I mean, even if Josh only played 13 games, his body of work to me was enough to win that award. AJ Brown came on strong late, but again, he had a lot of games where he didn't really do much. So we're like, and was late, he the focal point of their offense? No, that was yeah. Derrick Henry. So I just think you look at in terms of importance and, and usage and what it meant to the rest of the team. I mean, you can argue like, okay, again, 13 games seems to be the, the reason why he didn't get it. But I mean, Kyler Murray had a handful of games where he didn't do, he didn't play well either. So I just, in terms of the impact on the record and just the overall future of a team and kind of, you know, just, uh, just overall what it meant to the team. I just think that for me, it was not even close. I just think I think maybe people think I'm biased because I cover the team, but I'm really not. I'm not much of a homer. I usually don't 
speak out too much, but I thought it was a bad bad choice. Uh, I, I, just, I guess it depends on how you look at it. Because to me, quarterback is just by far the most important position, and he took that Cardinals offense from like by far dead last to about 13th, 14th. Look at this guy. He wanted <laughs> he wanted Kyler Murray to nope. replace Derek Carr last <laughs> year, and now he's saying they made the right call giving him the uh, offensive rookie of the year over Josh Jacobs. But no, I, I, what, if you look at what Josh Jacobs did, he came in and immediately became, so, so I think, one of the top he, three backs in the league. He was better than Josh Rosen, therefore he should win the award. He was an improvement on Josh <laughs> Rosen, therefore he should win rookie of the year. I just think the that bar is pretty low if you're coming after Josh <laughs> Rosen. But go ahead, sorry. I just, I just think you know, there's always going to be a quarterback bias because it's su- such an important position uh, on the field. So I could see where they're coming from, but I do agree. I think Josh Jacobs should have won the award because he came in and, and right away was one of, the, I think, a top three back in the NFL. Yeah. On the defensive side, uh, defensive rookie of the year. Max Crosby does not win, and uh, you know some some Raider fans will be upset about that. And I mean. They, we're not going to tell you what not to be upset about. I mean, I, I can't really make an argument there. I mean, uh, Nick Bosa, uh, yes, Max Crosby had more sacks than him. Statistically, those guys kind of measured up pretty close. But uh, if you watch, I mean, you watch some of those playoff games, you watch the way Nick Bosa plays. I mean, Even, he, last, even last Sunday. Yeah, I mean, he's he's just so hugely impactful. Yeah. And I think Max Crosby's great. He's, yeah. he's a tremendous value at the in the fourth round. I mean, I, I know, Vic, you guys did the redraft. You took him uh, in the first round in the redraft. Um, and uh, and no complaints there. I mean, they, they're, they're lucky to have gotten that guy. But, I mean, Nick Bosa is, is a notch above, and that's no knock on, on Max. But, um, you know, I, to get a fourth-round pick and have him be the runner-up for the defensive rookie of the year, that's uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I agree. I think they both had great years, and uh, I can't say Max had a better year than Nick Bosa did. But again, I think the Raiders are in great shape for that for that pick, and definitely he's a big part of a uh, big part of their future. Yeah, I mean Crosby looks like a guy that's going to be challenging for double digit sacks every every season, and that's that's a huge win for the Raiders. But I, I just can't put him over Bosa. I mean, if, if the Niners won that Super Bowl, Bosa might have been the Super Bowl MVP. He was that good in that game. Either him or Debo, probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Now, if if they had gone on a game-winning drive and you know, could a quarterback bias, uh, it probably would have been Garoppolo damn. if they if they had, if they had gone on a game-winning drive after they uh, damn, if, if he hits if he hits that pass to uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Although if they if he hits that pass to Emmanuel Sanders, they still lose that game because there's a minute and a half and oh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes has three timeouts. So yeah, right. that that they, everyone can talk about that that pass all they want. They they still would have lost. Um, anyways, back to Max. Also, Cross. I'm sure it was his fault. And I mean, Sanders didn't look like he was really burning. I mean, they, they picked the wrong guy to run that route. I mean, it seemed like a faster guy could have got to that ball. Maybe I don't know, but whatever. Do they have a real burner though in their receiving core? Probably not. No. Debo can be faster. Mm, he's big. He's big. Um, all right, but back to Max. A little, little matter of talk for you guys out there. I know you're <laughs> little, I'll go ahead. Back. Ba- back to Max Crosby. Um, he will have a new position coach. He will. Uh, Brenton Buckner, to uh, the chagrin of Raider fans, and, was and, and the chagrin of Max Crosby. I think yeah. The chagrin of all the young guys in that line. They were definitely shocked by this move. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, he was the st- one of the stars, really, of Hard Knocks, yeah. and and a guy that I think fans through Hard Knocks really got to enjoy and love because he was, you know, he seemed like such a connected so well with that group, and obviously had a great year with that defensive line group. Um, but. Rob Marinelli um, is is coming in, a guy who's been with Gruden for a long time, a long history going back to Tampa Bay. Um, you know, very good reputation as a defensive line coach. So it's it, it's one of those hard balances. Like you're you're upset to lose Buckner. You're getting a coach who has has a really good reputation. What's your guys' take on on, on that? I know fans didn't like it, but um, we'll, we'll, what'll be determined is how how they perform next year. 
Yeah, I mean, years ago, before he got this job, when John made a list of the guys he wanted on his staff, I'm sure Rob Nelly's pretty high on the list, and he probably wasn't available, and he became available, so he got him. I just think it's that simple for John. And again, it's rough because D-line was one of their most improved groups on the field, and I think Buck did a good job. Players really, really liked him. Definitely, he was a younger guy, fit well the younger D-line, so it was a rough blow for them. And Marinello's a whole different kind of animal. It's definitely more of a military kind of guy, and a little more barky, I think, and, but... Uh, We'll see. Again, you know, John has total faith in the guys. So you have to give him the benefit of the doubt. But it's a strange move. I definitely it wasn't. Um, I don't think it's ideal. But um, you probably know more about uh, Rod than I do. Too. Well, I mean, Rod Marinelli is one of the you know, he he's an extremely established coach, and he's coached on some really gr- great teams, and he has a lot of accomplishments. And um, he also has defensive coordinator experience, so he could help with some of the scheming. So you're saying he's the replacement when they have to fire Paul Gunther? <laughs> eh? No, I, that, that's the one thing way to get the I, fans I, I on really board with I this. I really don't think this is that type of hire. No, but, I know. Yeah, but uh, also, you know, from what I've heard from other coaches, Buckner isn't a great technician. He's great at other things too, but Rod, the difference between him and Rod Marinelli, Marinelli is going is one of the best technical coaches. And and there's you know there's a strength and weakness of both coach, but that's one of the difference that you'll get with Rod Marinelli. And I, th- I think Buckner's with the the Cardinals now. He went back right? to the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it could be good for these young guys like like yeah. like Furrow and, and Crosby. Kind of get different tastes, get different different yeah. uh, coaching you know, approaches, and kind of uh, could take the best of both. So it can be good. They're both very you know shapeable at this point, definitely in their career. So we'll see. I just think you know it's. Uh, it's unfortunate if you look at all the guys in that staff who you know, deserve to come back. Yeah. It's probably a short list, and he's definitely on that list, and he didn't. But uh, he took it well. He got a job. He'll be fine. I think he's, he looked at it pretty well in this league, so Buck will be all right. But, uh, yeah, definitely it's a, it's a different little twist to uh, this offseason. All right, guys, we've put this off long enough. We'll, uh, we'll talk quarterback. Um, it's, it's such a, a hot topic, obviously, uh, especially with the reports that came out on Super Bowl Sunday morning. That Report. Report, yeah, the report that came out Sunday Sunday morning that if Tom Brady reaches free agency, the Raiders will show interest. And that, I mean, from the minute there was that that photo in Vegas at the UFC event with him and Mark Davis, I mean, it's it's gonna be an off season of swirling rumors, as there always will be. I mean, I know Michael Lombardi has something out in the Athletic today that there's no future for Carr in Vegas, and we don't know. You don't know what's gonna happen. The best you can phrase this is that the Raiders have had you know really two off seasons now to come in and aggressively say that Carr is their guy, and they haven't done it. They've declined to do it, and that's their prerogative. And we can only read into that as much as we want. What their statements have been, and, and I think their fair statements from them, is that we're looking to upgrade every position. If we find a quarterback who we think is better than Derek Carr, we will move on from Derek Carr and bring in that quarterback. Will they? We don't know. But it's going to be an off season where uh, where there's a lot of flirtation. And is Brady the answer? I don't know. A 42, 43-year-old guy who is showing some signs of slippage? I, I don't know if he's the answer, but... You can understand, I guess, if they want to take a look at him. Yeah, to me, I think there's definitely mentioned some slippage. Definitely the last two years he hasn't played that well, I would say. I think uh, he's 43. If he comes in, if they do sign him to whatever, the money's not an issue. Like, the lower cost, you have to bring him in. you got to change the whole offense. I mean, yeah. it's definitely he played mm-hmm. a much different system in, in New England than John Gruden uses. you got to change the entire offense, which you had this young rookie core kind of last year, learn and pick up and play pretty well at points. 
that's a lot. That's a lot to do for a guy who's going to be here one or two years. And another thing is, like, if you are Brady and you are going to leave the Patriots, which you, you might want to, you might be mad about last year, the money didn't work out, you might be a little resentful about that. Say he wants to make this, this big move. He's got to pick a team where he thinks that he can come in and they can right away mm-hmm. be back in Super Bowl mix. I'm not sure that roster says this to him. I'm sure maybe the Chargers can even say it more than in this one day, yeah. I think. The Colts are, there's got to be better options for him if that's what he's looking for than coming here, I would think. So to me, it's all just, uh, like you mentioned, it's the, it's the time of the year where rumors fly free. I think there's a lot of people who gained by that report, not necessarily the Raiders, I think. So they wonder where it came from is a, is a fair question. But um, just as far as the Brady part, I'm not sure it makes a lot of sense. Not even touching on the whole Derek Carr part. We're hopeful the Raiders are going to be better next year, but there's not great signs that this team is all of a sudden going to turn around with Tom Brady, and I'm sure he doesn't want to waste his you know last two years or three years or whatever it is left on a team that's rebuilding. And like you said, if he comes in, he's changing the whole offense. He's not going to just run whatever Gruden is going to run. It's going to be like a Peyton Manning type of deal where he's going to be like the co-OC. So that's going to be a difficult transition for the rookies, and how's that going to work with Gruden? just move that doesn't make a lot of sense to me yeah it's juicy it's just yeah. <laughs> it's in but all right let's as far as we go back down i'll touch on derek a little bit so derek yesterday got his 2.9 million to get that part of his deal guaranteed yesterday so that's whatever that was obvious Buck but he still got to pick up the other 15 or so i think for him it's gotta be tough to hear all this stuff i'm sure it's not fun to hear all these things on tv and i think he he thinks he'll be here i think that's probably what everyone thinks right now but for him, I think what's um, beneficial, though, is there's not a lot of great options. You look at, like, everyone's like, they got to move on, you know, blame Derek, and, and John doesn't like him, whatever, and just disconnect all these rumors. But there's not a clear-cut better plan out there. I mean, there's not guys in the draft who can come in right away and play, I don't think. There's not guys in the Asian market who can come in and be a lot better. Like, I mean, Phillip Rivers, like, I mean. Jameis, uh, I, I mean, mean, Ryan Tannehill. I don't think the Titans are probably going to let Ryan Tannehill yeah. get away. So I think just because the Raiders aren't saying he's our guy going forward doesn't mean they don't think he is at this point in time. He definitely can look at he got better last year under, uh, from, from year one under John Gruden. Definitely made strides. Definitely there were some issues. I think, but um, you can look at it a different way. Look at it like, you know what, he's our guy right now, and that's good. We're going to work on other areas and worry about that area later. So I think it's all going to play out. We'll see what happens for agency in the draft. I think it doesn't really benefit them at all to say he's our guy before the draft because then you lose a lot of leverage. Teams may mm-hmm. think you're going to be a factor in the quarterback. There's three or four quarterbacks who may go in the top 15. So if you say that, and oh, they're not taking a quarterback. So you yeah. hurt yourself as far as leverage and possible trades. So there's no real reason to say he's our guy. I know, Derek, that's going to break his heart, but it's, there's not. And definitely there are some issues still to be worked out between him and John. So I think it's all wide open. I just don't see that option being the one that makes a lot of sense for me. It'd be hilarious if Jameis Winston is the Las Vegas Raiders quarterback. You go from a guy that's a little too conservative to a guy that's just way too... Winging it. Yeah. I mean, John Gruden dies. 30, 30 years. Every, every interception, he dies a little bit. I can't imagine <laughs> with Jameis Winston as his quarterback. He'd have a nervous <laughs> breakdown on the sidelines. I mean, he would be good TV. I mean, they watch him flip out every every uh, 15 minutes, but I just can't... And I guess Jameis is upside, too, but that doesn't mean... That also doesn't make much sense to me with his past and just to... The carefree attitude of throwing the ball up in the air—I can't imagine John Gruden wants that. I mean, Jameis was a pretty good baseball player. I'm pretty, I pretty guess he was excited about being uh, the first 30-30 guy in the NFL, right? Right. right yeah. All right. Uh, let's let's look a little more forward thinking. Uh, Ted, you got to hang out. Uh, Vic, I know with that he didn't get to go to Mobile this year. Love Alabama. Love Alabama. You got to go back. Uh, to my top 50 places to go. <laughs> top 50 states of the of the country. Yeah, top 50 states. Nice. Nice. Uh, what what were your biggest impressions from uh, your week at the Senior Bowl? A uh, great Chick Fil A there. No, uh, <laughs> the cornerback position. 
hopefully the the senior bowl cornerback position doesn't reflect the entire draft class because they just did not have a very strong week out there and the Raiders who knows they might be looking for a corner as well but uh, the senior bowl corners just did not look very good they got torched by the wide receivers routinely uh, the best corner there was probably Troy Pride uh, from Notre Dame 5'11 guy that probably gonna run on four threes but has some trouble with ball skills wide receivers a lot of interesting wide receivers I didn't think they had number one guys there like um, last year with, with Terry McLaurin and Debo Samuel, but there are some good wide receivers there, like Van Jefferson from Florida is a really good route runner. Uh, he could be an interesting second, mid-round type of wide receiver. Denzel Mims is uh, the wide receiver from Baylor. He's 6'3", 206, and he probably was the most impressive player in, in those practices. Uh, big wide receiver that I could see Gruden falling in love with, and but it, you know this class is so deep he might be a third round guy. And a linebacker that w- is from a small school, Kyle uh, Duggar. Uh, he's extremely athletic, kind of that hybrid type of linebacker that everybody's looking for nowadays. So if the Raiders don't have a shot at Isaiah Simmons, Duggar might be a choice later on. And as far as the quarterbacks, there's some interesting quarterbacks. I, I know Justin Herbert probably had the best week of practice on the field, but there's just a, a lot of reports that. He's kind of a weird guy, and I know that's going to turn off some teams because they want that leader at the quarterback position. And I keep hearing from a lot of people, and some players said this too, that he's a weird guy. So I don't know. Like, if, like weird how? Like, are you like. Just, he just doesn't really get along with. You know, maybe he's a little too quiet or has a weird sense of humor or something. Huh. But, yeah. I, I, like I, a Connor Cook thing? Or what, 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 was the, no, what, was, what was the Connor wow. Cook thing that he wasn't, what, what, he wasn't a, a captain? Connor Cook's the face of the XFL. Why are you taking a shot at Connor Cook? Oh, yeah. He was leadership problems. Yeah, he wasn't a captain. He wasn't a team captain. Wasn't he, like, not invited to something? Or My favorite thing was when the draft day, the Raiders drafted him. And uh, Draymond Green, Michigan State guy, yeah, sent, out, yeah. sent out tweets to every single Michigan Shalik State player Calhoun. drafted, except for Connor Cook. I was like, ha, interesting. But uh, whatever. Yeah, Connor Cook obviously didn't uh, didn't work out. But hey, the, he's the only guy to start a playoff game for the Raiders since uh, since the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. You mentioned the cornerbacks. I mean, I wonder if that's, I mean, if the Raiders need a cornerback. I mean, it seemed like they re-signed Levin Lawson. Yeah. We didn't mention that. But he played pretty well the last few games. Maybe enough to kind of get him back in the starting mix. They got Trayvon Mullen. And they got the young guys they like, you know, Isaiah Johnson and uh, Keyshawn Nixon. Lamarcus Jordan is, is locked in at the, at the nickel <laughs> nickel corner. So I wonder if the Raiders actually will draft a cornerback this year, if they'll kind of just go with, the, with the, what they have. Yeah, we'll see. Um, all right, you guys ready to take some questions? Sure. All right, you guys can use the hashtag SOTN mail. We'll take a few here. Uh, one from Will. Uh, do you guys, do, does the SOTN staff agree with Dane Brugler's latest mock with the Raiders moving up? To draft Isaiah Simmons, I think they had him giving up, uh, moving up to the, the number eight, eight spot, I believe. Yeah, yeah it was um, so in in that. Yeah, moved up to number eight, traded with the Cardinals, gave up uh, their number twelve overall, and as well as their third round pick, number eighty overall, and a fifth round pick. Hmm. Which to me, I mean, Simmons is great, but. They've given up so much draft capital with all their trades for every wide receiver on the planet that I, we know Mayock loves top 100 picks, and so giving up a, the number 80 overall and giving up a fifth rounder with all the picks you've given up recently, 
I, I don't quite see that happen. I agree. I think you've gone with the team that hates drafting linebackers. They hate linebackers for some reason over the years. Now they're going to trade up and get one? I don't see that happening. I think, um, and again, a lot can happen between now and the draft. Uh, Simmons may not go as high as he's being yeah. thought to be. He's definitely a good player. Again, you can move around a little bit. I'm not sure if he's a great fit, but uh, I, I definitely they like him. I think they would, but I can't see trading up for him. I think to me, they have too many needs to do that. There's too many things they can take. I think at 12 and 19, you can either to get like I think is you get the best defensive guy available at 12 than a receiver at 19, or you can trade back in more picks and take advantage of the depth at the receiver spot. But I wouldn't trade up. I don't, I don't think they will. I think it depends on how strong Mike Mayock is. If you could wrestle that phone away from John Gruden, maybe they, they won't do it. But if Gruden watches Isaiah Simmons, I think he could fall in love with them and might be tempted to make a move. I feel like Gruden might fall in love with an offensive guy and, right. and, and get really aggressive about moving up for an offensive guy. I don't see him as likely to fall in love with a, a linebacker and think he has to move up. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. All right, uh, question here from Marcus Watson. Uh, one name to watch that may be traded this offseason. Anybody on the Raiders roster you could see getting traded this offseason? This is why I said Derek Carr. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, that, that's, uh, you, set, you set me up, you and Marcus. Um, I guess that at some point they don't uh, they don't see it as a being the, the plan long term. They, they get somebody else. You got to trade Derek. I mean, you can't. Yeah. They're not going to cut him. So I think uh, there would be a market for him. I think that. Um, so that would be the guy. Yeah, I can't think of anybody else that would either have any kind of uh, trade value or would uh, be exciting for other teams. I'm trying to think. Um, not really that deep anywhere else. So they can't really trade anyone on the on the front line. I mean, uh, does PJ Hall have trade value? I have no idea, but I don't think so. But uh, it'd be a guy who maybe. Uh, be in a bubble, but um, I can't think of anybody else. All I know is Hunter Renfro is untouchable in trade talks. There you go. It's untouchable. Hunter Renfro. Untouchable. untouchable. Okay. A um, couple more questions here from uh, Nick Cothrell. Uh, players you'd like to see the Raiders target in free agency. We've talked about Chris Jones. Outside of Jones, is there any any other big targets that you have I- identified yet? No, nah, I get this nagging feeling though that Sean Lee could be a factor. I think you know they love these veteran linebackers. There's definitely some Dallas uh, ties now on the staff. I think he'll be available. I think he could be a guy that Gruden, Gruden loves the veteran guys who uh, he thinks you know they've tried the last two years with veteran linebackers it hasn't worked out. Maybe a third time's a charm, but uh, for some reason I get this nagging Sean Lee feeling in, in my gut that he could be coming here. Uh, well, AJ Green possibly, and uh, but a more realistic target. I, I, I really like Joe Schobert, the linebacker from um, Cleveland. Uh, so if it, he's going to be a pretty hot free agent target for most a lot of teams. But uh, you know, as we know, the Raiders need a linebacker. I think Joe Schobert will come in and uh, really change this defense. I think he's that good of a player. How about a quarterback? Like you bring a quarterback in who like may not necessarily be a, um, a challenger to Carr, but going to be a guy who backs him up with possible upside. Like last year, Tannehill. Case Keenum. I've been, been, been beating the Case I, I, Keenum. I was, I was going more Mariota, but I mean, like, I could, whatever. A guy you can come in and say he's the number two guy, but really down deep, like, ah, you know, maybe. But I think that could be something they do. Like, uh, There's some guys in the free agent market who are kind of interesting in that, in that regard. I think if you don't bring in a new starter, then it, it, it's almost kind of your responsibility to do that, to bring in a guy that – you know, it can challenge Carr, and if and if Carr doesn't like it, too bad. Like, I mean, if you're if at this point you can't handle Gruden bringing in somebody to to put put a little challenge to you, I mean that says a lot about you. And I mean, I'm not saying that Carr can't handle that, but if if he grumbles about that, if he doesn't respond well to that, then that probably tells you everything you need to know. So. 
Yeah, I mean, Mariota would be interesting. You could even run him on some zone read packages and that kind of deal if he, he's not the starter. So, yeah, who knows? I just have no idea what his, his uh, market value is going to be. That's a, that's a weird guy to project because, like, I read somewhere that Phil Rivers is going to get $20 million. And if that's true, then people are out of their minds. But you have no idea what these quarterbacks are going to go for. Mariota definitely, it seems like, I'm sure he has some fans still left in the league, but I'm sure a lot of teams are kind of skeptical about what he's done the last few years. So I wonder what, how much money it would take to get him. All right, last question I think here from Dustin. Is a trade for Stefan Diggs realistic? Would a veteran receiver be better than a drafted one? Um, Shield Kapadia had his 20 bold predictions. Number one was the Raiders signing Tom Brady. Number two was Raiders trading for Stefan Diggs. And I know one question there is, like, why would you trade for him rather than draft one? To me, the only reason you would trade for a guy like Diggs is if you sign Tom Brady and Tom Brady says, I want that guy. I want a real proven veteran number one. What if Derek Carr says, I want Stephon Diggs? Derek Carr, we're going to the draft <laughs> and we're going to take who we want. <laughs> I, to me, I, I mean, you know, John Gruden's a little stubborn, but I can't imagine he's going to trade for another receiver after what's happened the you last couple think. of years. I mean, I think at some point you put your hand on the stove. Especially and, one who was, like, temperamental last year in Minnesota. Exactly. I mean, Diggs did not have a good year on or off the field. I just think that and maybe that makes him attractive. I don't know if you think maybe cost less to get him now than it would have a year ago, but he's a really good receiver, but again, there's so many guys in this in this, in this this draft. I know they like Robbie Anderson, I keep hitting that, 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 that drum, but uh, I just can't imagine why you would trade for Stephon Diggs based on what else is out there for you. But well, what if they think, like, we already gave up all these draft picks, what's another draft pick <laughs> to throw in there? What if that's their mindset? I'm sure Mayock thinks like that. He doesn't, <laughs> draft picks are just like, yeah, whatever. I, I, especially, you know, we kind of joked with, at the end of McKenzie's tenure that they had just throwaway draft picks. You got you can't draft anybody anyway. After you have the draft that Mayock had last year, Mayock and Gruden had last year, right. that makes it even harder to want to give up draft picks because right. you nailed that 2019 draft so well. Speaking of, of receivers and the trades they made, Antonio Brown's making apologies. He apologized to the league. Bring he apologized to the Steelers. But where is the apology to the Raiders, though? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure why it hasn't happened yet. So, yeah, bring him back. Why not? Bring him back. No. All right, guys, that'll wrap up our off-season edition here of State of the Nation. We will be back uh, sporadically through the off-season, probably, uh, probably again some near, somewhere around uh, the Combine and uh, later at the end of this month. So uh, stay tuned, and uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon. More quarterback discussions. Talk to you guys later.